Hello. Dude, I fucking almost knocked my contact out in the shower. I, like, rubbed my eye because I got water in it, and it went into the corner of my eyeball. And all I could feel, I'm like, ah, I can't see because my contact's not where it belongs, but I can't find my contact. Well, it got pushed all the way to the inner corner of my eyeball. And so I had to hop out of the shower, and I'm just, like, pushing on my inner corner and, like, rotating my eyeball so I could try to move the contact. It was a hot mess. It was rough. Doesn't sound very fun. No. So, anyways, we should probably talk about the book. Yeah, maybe. I do have to still go get dinner. Well, we finally got to read Promises and Pomegranates this week. Yes, we did. Promises and Pomegranates by Sav R. Miller has a prequel that comes before it called Sweet Sin. It is a super, super tiny little short novella that was originally published in an anthology as a teaser before Promises and Pomegranates, say that 10 times fast, came out. Yeah. Sweet Sin is basically about the one night that kind of originates their whole relationship. It really gave a huge, that one book from Pucking Around, that one night, the vibes Mm -hmm. that it gave, because it's literally just like the OG, like how they met and everything. Yeah, it's very similar to that vibes. Yes, I would agree with that. In Sweet Sin, we meet Cal and Elena, and... Cal is clearly attracted to Elena, but much older than her and tasked with protecting her. He keeps her at arm's length, even though she has an obsession with him and is constantly throwing herself at him. But we learn that, yeah, she's about to turn 20 and he is 32. And she's been asking him uh, since she was 18. Yep. And because she thought he had been sending her like love poems because she had been intercepting them. And we learned that her mother is a horrible psycho child groomer. And we learned that Elena has been betrothed basically almost her whole life to a guy of her father, who is the Don. He's the Italian mafia boss. She's been betrothed to this guy named Matteo for as long as she can remember. But Matteo's not a great dude. Doesn't even really like him that much. <laughs> like, of course, well, of just, course not. He's it's just so that they and well, yeah, it is just so that they can have that mend between two specific companies. That's why they're betrothed together. It's so doing stupid. it as a power play. Absolutely, it's stupid. We learn about what the poems symbolize with all of them. We learn a lot and. We watch as Cal just can't take Elena hiding bruises from Mateo anymore and goes to confront her and just can't help himself anymore. And they have their one night together. Which is her losing her virginity to him. Because she was supposed to be saving it for Mateo. by contract from her father yep yeah and he basically brands her as his own and writes his initial with a knife in her leg a lot happens in like 40 pages but it's i don't know how many pages it is it was super super quick but we just we learn a lot just with that little thing but it was actually a great little intro to get you ready for pomace and pomegranates She's gonna I'm going to just promises. make Crystal 
say that for the rest of the absolutely not (laughs) no the novella was good I just didn't read it and then I read it after I read the book and I didn't feel like I missed out I mean it was nice to have all that extra information but I don't think that it took away from the book if I hadn't read it I would have been fine that you said that because there were so many parts as I read the book that I was like oh I feel like I would have been missing out if I hadn't read the novella first. I feel you know what I mean? like because I knew so it was like I felt like oh I also feel like reading the book without reading the novella gave my brain time to think and try to connect the pieces without the pieces already being laid out there for me as like oh I mean you can read it if you really want it's fine it's I don't think it's that meant it's meant to nest- be read first it, well, it, it says it at the beginning of promises and prom- promises <laughs> and pomegranates it says that if you haven't read it first you can you don't have to it's recommended but you don't have to I definitely think it was worth reading ahead of time and it was only like what 40 pages I I didn't even mind reading it until after I read the book like it didn't ruin anything for me to read it afterwards well I'm gonna say read it just don't listen to me well for (laughs) the best I'm gonna say if you haven't read promises and pomegranates yet read the prequel first it's what it's meant to do you're not supposed to read books out of order I do all the time but we're different kinds of readers. Psycho. Yeah, I'm well fucking aware. And <laughs> don't listen to me, only guys. Psychos listen to read books out of order. Yes, because only psychos read books out of order. Okay, we've definitely done that. But anyways, so moving okay, on. Standalones are a little different. It's technically a standalone. It even said so. I'm just saying it did say that the book was a standalone. So don't use that argument. <laughs> Ariel fucking hates me right now. Look, I'm just spicy because I haven't eaten dinner and my dinner was supposed to be at like 6.45 and that's not going to happen. Movie night starts at 7. I go every Monday. That's what happens when Ariel postpones reading things. Checked with you first. I know. You were having a really rough week. It's fine because I had a very And you very didn't read rough... this book until like a few hours ago. Yeah. I had a rough fucking weekend. Yeah. So my kid's been sick with a fever for a week. Yeah. So So you're welcome. And then I almost quit my job. See? So you're welcome. So that was Sweet Sin. Promises and Pomegranates picks up eight weeks after Sweet Sin. So since that all happened on the eve of Elena's 20th birthday, she is 20 now. And now we find Elena getting ready for her wedding. But We see Cal, and he is showing Raphael, Elena's father, the Don. We see him showing him a video. And no, we see nothing because this is a book. So (laughs) you might have seen it in your mind. But we read. This is not a visual presentation. Anyway, we read that Cal is showing Raphael a video. Somehow, the video of Cal and Elena sleeping together got recorded and someone is blackmailing oh no they're in trouble and if you had read the prequel this is obvious what's going on and this is why I'm really glad I didn't read the prequel because I (laughs) liked having that suspense Cal is the one who set up the cameras in Elena's bedroom and he had been watching her and that's how he knew to go to her and a whole thing and he's sitting here telling us the whole time he's getting what he wants this is his way of getting what he wants and he basically tells Raphael that 
he needs to keep Elena safe because with this video, there's a threat against her life. And to do so, he is going to marry her in place of Mateo. Raphael's not super happy about this, but... Piece of shit. Hasn't been the greatest Don since his father passed. He hasn't been the greatest father either. His father passed um, in the prequel. They were at his funeral. And Raphael hasn't been in charge very long, but while he's been in charge, things have been going downhill fast. He's not great. And Cal is like trying to get away from this dumb idiot and out from underneath his thumb. So he's going to do what he needs to do to get what he wants. And he makes it very clear to us. That's what's going to happen. So Elena's getting ready for her wedding. And this girl pops in and says she needs to come quick that Mateo isn't feeling well and he needs her. Mateo's not feeling well. Not feeling well at all because he's fucking dying at the hands of Cal. And Elena gets to walk in and see the last few breaths of that one. She's confused. She understands what's going on, but she's just not quite sure what this all means for her. Until uh, her father and the priest walks in to marry them. This man. I love him. It was so funny. He was just like, just there. It was funny. It was was great. And she's like, what the fuck? But she's mad at him because he fucked her and then left her, like, with no word for eight weeks. And now all of a sudden he shows up. Kills her fiance. She didn't like him anyway, so she's not that sad about that. But kills her fiance. I'm not sad about it either. <laughs> no, no one is. He used to kills beat her the shit fiance, out of her. right? And then demands that she marry him, and then holds her still with hand over her mouth, so she can't talk and interrupt the priest. <laughs> and like, it's just so funny because you know that the priest has seen all this shit before because he's not even fucking faced with what's going on. Well, right he now. was faced just a tiny bit for a minute, a until, little bit, until Cal and the Don were like, basically like do it, and then he's like, okay. <laughs> so he's clearly ingrained in the mafia lifestyle. Well, yeah, you don't bring in just any random priest for that shit. Come on, no. Nope. So, fun times all around. So, then, uh, happy days. They're married. Cool beans. They go back to Elena's parents' house, where Elena lives, to pack. And uh, her sisters, Ariana and Stella, kind of grill Cal a little bit, which is funny a little bit. It is funny. And he goes up to see what's taking Elena so long. And, of course... The devil herself, Carmen, is standing there in the room waiting for him. Here's the thing. Having not read the prequel after, my first note of this book was, what's up with him and her mom? Okay. (laughs) Because you can see the vibes coming off the whole time. And he was very clearly livid about it and very upset with her and like wanted nothing to do with her. And she's like angry for her own stupid ass reasons but like, i just was like what the fuck is up with her mom and him like obviously like i learned later on throughout the book because right. they still tell it throughout the book and so it's not like you miss that piece of right. information but not having read the prequel but, that's right. what i'm saying like i enjoyed the mind stuff that was happening we learned in the prequel and they talk about it a little bit in the real book too that cal came to this family basically for help 
and they took him in when he was 13 after his mom died. And at that point, he just lost his mom. He was 13 years old. He thought this woman that was there was beautiful. That doesn't mean that this woman is okay to prey on this little boy. Yeah, it was heartbreaking because I know we learned that real late in the book when they're kind of going over a bunch of stuff between each other. But you can see the vibes on the page every single time. Right, so So, like I knew it this whole time. And knew the mom's jealousy. So the mom is sitting here jealous and wants him back and is very upset that he is interested in her daughter and not her. Oh, no. I was going to say interested in age appropriate woman, but realistically still not age appropriate. I mean, at least they're both adults. At least he waited until she was 20 and not 13. I know. Like he didn't even know her as a kid. So it's not like he was like, ooh, child, like she was. Honestly, she only had him as a child. They stopped being anything when he was 18 or 19 because he was like, fuck this shit. Yeah, she's gross. So, right. Because he learned and got out of it. So she's standing in the daughter's room waiting for him and confronts him and is basically, no, you can't have her. I'm going to help her escape. And jokes on you, bitch, because Elena's standing on the balcony waiting for him. And which is one of the oddest scenes that she just looks at him, tilts her neck sideways so he can take out a syringe and drug her and carry her off. Like as if it's something done before. It was the strangest thing. Strangest thing. So weird. But uh, whatever. Whatever they're into, I guess. Elena wakes up on a plane and she's naked. We learn, you know, that the poems that she's been relying on her whole life and that she thought he was sending her, that she had found that were actually older poems that he had left a long time ago for her mother. Yeah, and she so, just stumbled. But she latched her. onto them and she, it, it, she became her whole self. Yep. So they arrived to their new destination, their new home, the island. Listen, I kept fucking up pronouncing this island in my head every time I read it. I just called it Alpana. I don't know if that's what it is. I'm oh. sure it's probably something real, but like how to really say it, but. I was pronouncing it Alpana and I'm like, What's nope, it's, Ap- it's Aplana. Yeah, it's really wild. It's a mind fuck. <laughs> Every time I read it, I had to reconnect. Like, so yeah, they're here on the island. Islands in the stream, but not really because it's near Boston and it's kind of cold. Sorry. And I'm going to butcher this, but. Marceline, the girl who summoned her to Mateo that she thought was employee of the hotel, but is actually Cal's employee, also lives there at the house. I, for the longest time, because I didn't realize that Cal had done the video and then with everything going on, I had sus feelings about her for a really long time. Yeah, I don't feel like I got what I needed from her. I feel like I wish we had more. So they're checking out his new digs. It's a gigantical place. It used to be a hotel and he's turned it into a, a big old house. And we meet Jonas. Jonas is Cal's friend when Cal doesn't know he's his friend. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's Jonas. So Jonas, he's an island native, but... He attempted to assassinate the owner of the island and found himself in jail 
And Cal somehow took pity on his whole story and, I don't know, was interested in it and got him out of jail <laughs> and bought out the bar and got him set up at the bar because that's where he was working at. A, and so now, like, Jonas is kind of like a lost puppy that just follows Cal around almost. I know that's not like the whole thing, but that's just how I thought of it. So I don't know. I just kind of, I thought it was funny. Their little weird dynamic. We learned that there are no leads on who sent the tape. The problem is, is the way you're saying it. So imagine you're the person who didn't read the prequel. But why would you not read the prequel? I just didn't feel like it. I also forgot. Because you're also somebody who don't read extended epilogues. No, but I didn't read the extended one in this one either. I did. I know you did. I know. I rarely ever do. I read it like once or twice. I think. If there is information to be had, I want it. I know because Ariel's a psychopath. I told you we have to look in your basement. Com- communication, man. Communication. <laughs> we learned that Violet who is Cal's sister, has not been accepting money payments from him. So Violet's not doing so great. And Violet and Cal did not grow up together. They kind of met later in life. They share the same biological father. But Violet has like a hair across her ass about the whole situation because Cal's mother like had an affair with her father. It was like I'm a whole weird cu- thing. But that's I'm not cu- Cal's fault. No, I'm curious if... The father kind of put that thought into her brain because there are old enough to have her own. I I understand that. But if you're brought up that way, it's entirely possible that he raised her that way. And so she's in that when you're raised in that environment. Yes, you get older and you have your own things. But clearly these are book characters and it doesn't matter. It's for the plot development. Okay. Possibly. Anyway, she's drowning in debt and not doing great. And he's trying to help her out, but she keeps rejecting it at every turn. I also wonder if she's Um, just rejecting it because she's super salty that none of it got left to her. Like none of that money stuff. Because it's from the grandfather. The grandfather. We also learn about that, though, that there is a trust fund and it was left to him by his biological grandfather. And yeah, she could be salty about that. But honestly, he wants to turn it over to her. Yeah, he writes her checks. Like every he doesn't time. have need for that money. He wants to give it to her. Yeah. But to access it, he needs a wife. Killing now lots of birds wife. with this stone here. Oh, look, he's got a wife. Oh, look. Oh, look. All happy now. So we also learn Elena's parents have been a little naughty. It's mostly the mom. But the spineless fucking father is going along with it. Yeah, well, it he's suits a sh- his purpose. Yeah, well, his wife sucks. Yeah reported elena as kidnapped even though the father was there and signed off on the marriage yeah well yeah so oh rafael you've been a bad boy and tell him knows (laughs) about it tell him knows about it and he gonna let you know that you've been a bad boy so a week goes by and elena's just drifting about at the house and exploring the house and Marceline's not very much help. She's just kind of watching and not being any help or company to her at all. But she learns about her parents' ridiculous power play also and is like, what the fuck? And goes to confront Cal about it. And also about the fact that 
he hasn't given her any attention in a week. He's just basically been like coming and going from his work and just ignoring her existence. So she's confronting him about a couple things. And he's bloody in his office because naughty, naughty Raphael, as far as anyone knows, his cousin came sniffing around and first you make accusations and then you send a spy over. So Cal obviously takes care of the cousin and sends back his head to as a little present. But Elena isn't turned off by this. Not they, uh, they have a moment. And they almost finally get together. But knocking comes. Lots and lots of knocking. And Elena wants him to ignore the door because she's like, no, I finally am getting some freaking attention around here. But he's over here like, dude, we live in the fucking middle of nowhere. Only like two people know where I live. If someone's knocking, something's it's a problem. wrong. Yeah. Right. And they check the door and no one's there. It's just an envelope with a USB drive in it. And it's a video of their hot and heavy makeout session from about three minutes before the knocking started. And now he's weirded Concerned. out and mad. Clearly he didn't just do that. And he's like, what the actual fuck? So he's not pleased. I wouldn't be pleased either. So they go out to the bar because he needs to check some things out. And we meet Gwen, who's sketchy as fuck. A lot of the side characters in this were kind of sketchy as fuck, to be honest. Honestly, I kind of enjoyed the weird sketchy as fuck vibe of a lot of the side characters. So I liked it. And again, it's going to go into the not reading the prequel part. I enjoyed it because then I'm like, okay, well, who's the spy? Who's doing all this stuff? So that's why I enjoyed it because I had that blind spot of not knowing that. So it was nice for me to I still enjoyed it knowing what was going on because I know, but my brain was going a mile a minute. I'm like, who's doing this? What's going on? Who's infiltrating? Who could have access to all this shit? It was great. It was a ride. Well, Violet is supposed to be working at the bar. Cal had gotten her a job because she wasn't accepting money. Okay, fine. At least I'll get you a job. She didn't show up to work. So he's concerned. He asks the bartender, Vinny, to not like to kind of keep an eye out for Elena. I mean, she's clearly a beautiful young girl. He just keep an eye out for her. Just kind of keep her in your peripheral vision. And do and not let, her let leave. anyone. Right, don't, don't let, let her, her leave, leave the building. <laughs> and don't let anyone approach her kind of thing. Like don't lose her and don't let anyone talk to her. Like she's mine. And then he goes, yeah, and he goes out the door and Violet's out there. So he chit chats with Violet for a few minutes. But while he's out there chit chatting with Violet, Elena's frustrated because he just fucking up and walked (laughs) out. And Gwen's being a fucking douche canoe. And she's like, I just need some air for a minute. Elena goes to open the door. And is viciously grabbed and yanked. And of course, like, she has no idea. No one's even said words to her. She's going to respond to that. And she starts to fight back. And the shit out of him. And well, she good. starts to fight back a little bit, basically, by, like, don't touch me. But then the douche canoe fights back harder to grab onto her and hold her and, like, yank her around. So, of yeah. course, yeah, she 
kicks the shit out of them. And it's good to note, too, that she had even mentioned in the book that, like, all of her sisters and her, when they were raised, were taught self-defense. Yeah, and in the prequel, she went out and, like, that was her extracurricular activity. That was her hobby, was going out and and getting in fights. So she knows how to fight because she needs to. She's a mafia princess and she needs to know those things for reasons like this. Exactly. So the douche canoe was Vinny, who, what kind of psychopath took that I to a whole new level? I literally felt like he went from zero to a hundred in like three uh-huh. seconds. And I was like, that seems stupid. Like, he went from hero to zero. Not like Hercules. And Gwen was like, dude, you need to not touch her. Gwen that was like. woman was like oh god and then he pulls out a fucking syringe to drug her and then gwen is basically like not my problem but also her eyes though she's like oh yeah but didn't try to intervene didn't call for help didn't do shit just not my problem spineless bitch so they scrapped some more because the syringe came out she beat his ass good but he did get her in the calf with the the syringe yep she ran out the door, though, and it was a side door, so it wasn't the door literally Cal was standing right out in front of. Yeah, I know. And so, of course, freaking Violet the bitch didn't talk for very long, and Cal came inside and saw the whole freaking mess and was like, what the actual fuck? And then where the fuck is she? Got Vinny all tied up and tried to call... Elena, who was pissed off and hysterical and had just been Drugged. shot up with GBH. Yeah. GHB. And yeah. You were going to say GBH, weren't you? <laughs> yep. Yep, it was. So she's just walking and walking along and she finds herself at an abandoned bus station and she's talking to Cal on the phone. And, he's and like, her words are slurring and she's yep. just. And he's like, You got to get out of there. You got to gather. And she's like, No, I'm sleepy. And she passes out and Cal like fucking loses it, but he has to find her. So he, him and Jonas go find her. Well, didn't she like see guys coming towards her and they were interacting yeah. with her, but right before she passed out. He, well, she didn't see them. I think she heard the voices. I think if I remember oh, correctly, gotcha. she heard voices. I think that's what it was. Wow. Some one of the two. Yeah. They were douche canoes. So yeah, it wasn't a great area. Cal's like kicking himself too, because he goes like, she didn't know that this was a dangerous side because I literally right. brought her here and dumped her here and didn't give her any and information. Left her at my house. She and like, like didn't give her showed her around. Yeah, didn't give her any information about anything about where I just brought her to. So for all the big Remorseful. badness, yeah, all the big badness that he does feel super bad about that, and like he has his moments where like he feels real bad about some of the stuff he does. Not everything, because you know I do love. His inner dialogue, though. Dude, same. That's great. <laughs> I loved reading him and his way of talking and his way of talking to himself or thinking about other people around him. I tr- truly, no matter what he did or what he said, I truly enjoyed being in this character's head. No, I liked it too. I will say, though, so... My only, like, kind of complaint, I guess, is I know that they 
like made a mention about her tattoo and how she got it on her rib cage. Like she got it on her because he would call her his little Persephone. The only issue I had with that is he really didn't call her that much on page. He called her my little one all the time. So no, I think it was something that they did in their poem in the poems. Okay. It originated because the mom called him Hades incarnate. I enjoyed it wasn't like a lot of retellings are very overt and a lot of retellings are very everything has to match up this and a lot of retellings are very constantly throwing this in their face this one for retelling or adjacent whatever you want to call it I thought was very subtle and I appreciated that we're getting a tiny bit ahead of ourselves we can do what we want but he was just saying one of the parts like in the days since the flash drive showed up on my porch, we've settled in sort of routine. I've been working overtime trying to find the culprit to no fucking avail. And she spends hers ordering shit with my credit card and trying to figure out how to use it. <laughs> I like being in his head. I like the way he talks. I like the way he thinks. I just truly liked his little comments to things. It was just really enjoyable for me. I don't know why, but I just, I super vibed his inner self. No, it was really good. Like, I don't, I really, yeah, I don't know why. Their little quips together were really cute too, but his inner dialogue, I definitely vibed more. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so they find her at the bus station, beat up and sliced up. Somebody like sliced her up and a calling card is left with her family crest on it. Because her family sucks. Yeah. He's not happy. No. So, since Vincent is the one who kind of... It's his fault. Right. It's his fault. the ball rolling at yeah, all. Yeah, it's entirely his fault. We learn that it's even more his fault later. But he's in the shed waiting for them. And yeah. Cal takes Elena down to watch Vinny's demise. And you would think and she'd she's be... she's unfazed by it. I, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, you would think that she would be like, oh, no. But no, she's like, okay. It's like an aphrodisiac for her. It really is. Because a bitch gets then they have with- shower time together and a little, let's get it on. I mean, even like <laughs> reopening some of her wounds so that he can lick her blood. Like, they lick a lot of blood in this book. There's a lot of blood play in this book. <laughs> so much blood play this in book this book. There's <laughs> a lot of blood play. There was a, so much. So much blood play. And then the book skips forward a month. Honestly, this book was such and, a quick uh, read too. Like Absolutely. I felt like it zipped by and this month elena spends yeah ordering shit with cal's credit card she's trying all kinds of different hobbies because she's bored she's trying to start a garden it's not going well which is exactly persephone in hell because persephone tries to start a garden in hell it doesn't go very well to begin with so i liked that that they included that because it's a very subtle little note well because i didn't think they were like No, some of those retellings are like, oh, just like, you know what I mean? No, I know. I'm just saying I liked the symbolism of it. No, no, I agree. I agree. Okay. I was like, no, I was just saying I enjoyed it. I wasn't saying it was overdone. And I I think that if you're going to include stuff into a retelling, that's a very important one to include. I liked it. The fucking gardening. And of course, like, what's her face is looking at like, what are you doing? (laughs) Because, you know, her garden doesn't look so great. The first day it was fishing, she ordered a neon pink pole and a matching tackle box. So funny. 
<laughs> she was back inside within the hour, huffing about no one told her fishing was so boring. And then, you know, they go into the flaming chariot and people have the audacity to look at her body. They must not recognize me in this light. I just, this little, I don't know why. So Raphael calls Hal up and gives him an ultimatum. Basically like, you need to give me money or come out of retirement because that was the whole point. Like, I'm going to take her. I'm going to keep her safe. But I am stepping away from all this and I'm retiring. Mm-hmm. And originally, he didn't give him much of a, a fight for him retiring. And But it's one of those, you He's know. that the, the shooter drop. Right. Because you, with the mafia, you don't just get out. <laughs> like, exactly. But at the same time, you die. <laughs> like, Cal is the main bad guy there. So yeah. just wondering how that's You're gonna, in or you, you know. die. So they spend the month slowly getting to know each other or slowly getting to know Cal, that is, because he's not exactly, he's not exactly easy to suck information out. She's spending the month getting to know him piece by tiny little piece. And she's been spending time on the phone with her sisters and just kind of settling into her life on the island. She learns that Ariana has a recital coming up and Ariana I think she knew about the recital ahead of time. She just forgot it was coming up so quick. She goes, oh, that's right. Because I remember them having the conversation. She goes, oh, crap. Possibly, but Ariana's telling her all about it because even Ariana was surprised the theme and everything. So she probably does have one every year that around that time of year. Right, yeah. How those things go. But it kind of dawned on her that she doesn't live there anymore and it won't be just like a given that she'll just automatically go. And she's like, of course I'll be there. And Ariana's like, Really? Like, are you sure that's a possibility here? Because she sees what it's like on the other side. She sees what her parents have been like. She sees what the media has been like with this whole kidnapped thing. And so she kind of bebops over to the bar to go talk to Cal about it. And just bebops. She's just making her way, making my way downtown to the bar to see my Cal. So she is distracted. By this girl standing outside the bar who it's like one of those butterflies goes by and she gets distracted except this girl who's like hovering and right she's hovering outside the bar like doing little pacing and she's like you know what the fuck kind of thing because she hasn't been to the bar since the whole video attack so she's strolling along singing her song and ready to talk to cal about the recital until she gets to the outside and then she all of a sudden has everything come full circle. So she pauses too. And then she sees that other girl kind of pause too. And she's like, what, you know, what's going on kind of thing. And then they have a conversation together and she learns that this girl knows Cal too. And the girl's really vague kind of in her answers. And Elena has her first kind of full blown jealous moment and gets really frustrated and upset. We know who this girl is, but Elena didn't. It's really Violet. Elena and Violet have never met because, you know, Violet's a douchebag. So, but doesn't Violet know her name and know who she is at this point? Is right. This one? So yeah. there was a part of this book that I kind of got a little frustrated with and I don't, and I worked it out afterwards. And it's only because like she does know that Cal has a sister because she did get yes. that piece of information. Yep. But at but first, she, I don't think he ever said her name to her. No. So originally, I thought he did because when things happened later, I was like, I'm pretty sure that like Cal told her. I don't think he did. He did not say the name, 
but I, but at the time I was like, because I didn't realize he didn't say the name. I was like, why is she acting like this? Like she knows that he, (laughs) the fuck is going on? Like she did kind of overreact a little bit, but that's besides the point. Yes. But it was her first feelings of, you know, she thought she was marrying this abuser she thought she was going to be in this abusive marriage for her whole life and then all of a sudden she watched him get murdered in front of her and then all of a sudden she got married to this other man and got kidnapped and now she totally has feelings for him and she has this first wave of full jealousy on him and she's just not thinking straight oh absolutely i'm just saying like this is how yeah so she now has all the courage in the world is making an appearance you should make an appearance during our ghost episode yeah. Oh, you think that yeah, you want to take it, come for a ride during our ghost episode? Would you like that, huh? Would you like that? Yeah. No. You know why? Okay, fine. So she's got no fear now. She marches right in that bar. Oh, and she confronts Cal. Is she angry? Cal can see. Cal is a good doobie. He can see. Not only is she having this weird jealous moment, but half of her stuff is derived by this fear of coming back. So he is treating this so well, the situation so well. And he calms her down and talks to her. And it's so great. And they have a good conversation. And she's all good now. And so then they go and she's really sad about her garden. And he learns why she's sad about her garden. And she just wants a place with flowers and just to relax like she used to have at home with her balcony, with her plants and stuff. And so he takes her to his private beach past the house that has all these like wildflowers grow and everything and then she's like we're going skin dipping now and i was like that escalated quickly yeah and uh, but here's the problem she's never seen this man without all of his clothes on because he's super duper sensitive about taking any of his clothes off because his body is riddled with scars he's been through some shit man he's almost died a lot so he don't show anybody anything but nope. he shows her and it's so cute. So, of course, there's a USB drive that's showcasing this moment also. Something had to ruin it. Well, you know. You know. What are you going to do? She finally gets to ask about the recital, though. And even though it's not a great idea on so many levels, he just can't tell her no. And it's so cute. And so he says yes, and they go off to Boston. Terrible idea. Yeah. The paparazzi are waiting for them. That they are. It's not Grant. No. She kind of has this huge realization on the plane that she loves him. It's cute. And uh, like a little Stockholm syndrome. She actually Listen, even she even you meant, leave Stockholm. She even says it. <laughs> I know, but you leave my Stockholm syndrome books alone. I like Stockholm Syndrome books. Oh my god. So there. Even further, please fucking check Ariel's basement. <laughs> the Lord. This is probably from an original love of Beauty and the Beast from when I was younger. So. Oh, good Lord. So it probably all stems from like Belle being my favorite Disney character. I gotta love me a good Stockholm Syndrome book. But check to Ariel's be fair, basement. to be fair, she cared about him and wanted him before well yes the, you know but but yeah. he still did dumb boy things and made but her yeah angry. i know i do like that but line. she did it's she okay. made that's why i said it no <laughs> I know, I know. it's okay 
I've already grown quite accustomed to my Stockholm Syndrome. I just miss my old life a little too. <laughs> in the pit of my stomach, in the fabric of my soul, I know I'm in love with my husband. So, anywho, they go to Boston. They go to our parents' <laughs> house. Carmen is there. Carmen threatens Cal that she's going to tell Elena that they used to be lovers. And this Which, is where, if you didn't know it ahead of time, this is where you learn it. I had suspicions the whole time. But having it come out and say this, and the way that she said it was so fucking gross. And honestly, I hated that plot point of this book. I hated it. I think we could have done without it. Still make the mom I mean, a shitty character. think we could have done without the mom banging the boy. I get it. I get it. I just, my problem that I'm going to get to in a second, because... Carmen doesn't hold on for long with nope. her threat because then she just <laughs> drops the bomb at dinner. She's and... just like, you know what? Fuck this. I hate my daughter yeah. anyways. But my problem is throughout all this, throughout the backlash, throughout the fixing, throughout all this, Lena is the only one that slightly acknowledges this. Slightly. But not a single fucking person is acknowledging that she is a fucking pedophile and it's only her fault. And that all of this is wrong. Mm -hmm. And that he was a fucking child. Yeah. No one is, is addressing that he was a child. Like, Elena is pissed off and upset and runs out and goes to the recital early with her sister. Like, I am sorry. He was a fucking No, oh, that child. bothered me, too. Like, she was so upset because she goes, you fucked my mom. And I'm sitting here, but like. She didn't realize it was so long ago. I know. I'm just saying, Until like, later. But still. Still, hear him out, right? Like, right, right. Yeah, the whole situation, Ugh. she did not handle it very well. <sighs> and the mom is just, and her reasonings when, like, she comes out and tells her all this stuff, like, later on, too. She's just, her mother is so fucking unhinged and hates her. She literally hates her. She's a horrible human being. Oh, yeah, she's a horrible human being. Because I don't remember if it's this part or if I'm getting ahead of myself. It's implied heavily that she was pregnant at one point with Cal's baby mm. and aborted it. Oh, yeah. Many times. Many times. <gasps> <Yeah. laughs> Honestly, I thought that Elena was pregnant through most of this book. Really? I thought. Um, so I thought she got pregnant the first night, like from the novella, because the moms kept commenting upon her gaining weight. And the fact that she wasn't on birth control, like, I thought that was going to be part Honestly, of the thing. Honestly, I thought it was going to be super hinted that Cal was the father of one of her sisters. That's where I thought that I was, was going. I okay. was doing math. I was doing math. I was doing Originally, besides the fact that I thought that Cal was going to end up being Elena's dad, and I was going to be like, absolutely fucking no. no. I would have thrown the entire book out. No. no. I, like, the, only one I was, the only one I was considering was Stella the youngest and that's the one I was doing well because for. so the only reason that my thought process went into that was because Elena is the only one who looks different from the other siblings and so my brain was like because she looks like the mother right? I yeah. know but I'm just right. I was like oh yeah. please no yeah. oh please no oh please no oh please no <laughs> Elena so she took off to the recital he's pissed he like pistol whips Carmen and threatens her and makes her cry and oh <sighs> Takes everything she, like, to kill her. She's like in love with him, which is disgusting. <sighs> Gross. And after, sitting there like a fucking cuckold. Jesus. Chases after Elena. <laughs> Sorry. And Elena's pissed at him and leaves him at the recital alone and just leaves him with a poem and takes off. 
And I think he thinks the poem is a goodbye because like she kisses him. Well, so, okay. This is, I because, got- okay. Okay. So here's the thing. So, cause she kisses him and he's like, oh, that felt like a goodbye kiss. Like, I know she's saying goodbye. And yeah. then she leaves that poem. And the poem and then, sounded like a goodbye. Right. And then she goes, no, that was a poem saying I loved you. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, later, bitch, are yeah, you later. kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I, I was like. Weird it was just so funny because like later on he goes you left me a poem saying goodbye she goes no my that poem is saying i love you and in my brain hey, like, what fucking world me. excuse me bitch and, there are two people and he gave her space like, yeah she hasn't been able to make choices this whole time and he gave her space he and went he back to the island two weeks and he's like never, fuck and, this <laughs> and he made it, well he made it very clear to her he was there to talk when she was ready to talk and she never came because he so, was also messaging her and like texting her and stuff, and she's ignoring all of it. Like, well, because she tossed her phone. That's true. Get a new phone, so, bitch. You have money. So she sees Carmen at the house because she goes to get her stuff. And this is when we learn basically she's been a trash mother like forever. Because she's, she's so been always jeal- jealous of her right from when she was a baby. Because she looks identical to her mom. And so she's pissed that she knows that her daughter's going to get all the opportunities that she never got. And she's just so jealous. So like she treated her like shit for her jealousy. So again, another book with another shit mother in it. This like mom said, is awful. I think my this goal in life is might be the worst mother that I have read. I don't know. Like I said, I think my goal in life is literally just to not become a book character of a mother because that will just goals, man. I can't wait to read your book. This just so, happens to be continuously shitty moms. Yeah. And she's Disney just murders all the moms. Cream, we just read cream about of the crop. Yeah. Disney murders the moms. So, we read the shitty moms. So we yep. read the moms that weren't we murdered. We read the moms that should have been murdered. <laughs> said the same thing in a different way. <laughs> yes. Disney, you're murdering the wrong moms. Look at smut. And Get on that. Read the smut books and just murder those moms. It's fine. I don't think Disney can make those kind of movies. Oh. Anyway, since he hasn't heard from her in weeks, and he's trying to give her a choice, he serves Elena with annulment papers. Oh my god. Honestly, so, he should have, because she's clearly not fighting for him. He's trying choice. to like give her the choices he's and stuff that she dude. In his own fucked up way, absolutely. He's a great dude. He is misunderstood like Hades is. Brings it full circle. Full circle. Violet comes around and she's just a douche nozzle again. I feel like I would love a Violet history. I'm wondering if if Violet gets a book. So anywho, he basically decides at this point with Violet that he's washing his hands with her. Because he's like, fine, you know what? I'm not trying to send you any more money. Like, good luck. I just, I can't. But he's in the middle of talking to Violet when Elena storms back in. Like, what the fuck, bitch? Yeah, she's not too happy about the annulment papers. No. She's like, my poem was basically confessing my love to you and you never came after. Bitch, you idiot. That's not, no. That poem... was not confessing your love absolutely <laughs> not i totally did i told i read it the way that he read it so i did too like <laughs> but you know what they yell it out and hash it out and he professes his love back for her so now they're all good and she kind of tells him that it's not really his fault because you know he was younger and everything but no one fully addresses that he was a fucking child and I don't like that part. 
just say. So everything's all all cool, you know, they're happy times. Then Cal goes to Ives International. That's the place that's been trying to figure out this USB situation. Mm -hmm. And we meet the blackmailer. Turns out when he sent his original USB for analysis for just a report for the father, just a like a fake old report or whatever. This 18-year-old girl, Riley, the sister of the guy who runs the company, was like, dude, I need Cal's help, but I am 18 years old and I don't know how to ask him for help, so I'm going to yeah. make him help me. <laughs> and bitch was the one sending all the use pieces. Uh, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. She needs his help, and we get our epilogue, which we have a baby girl, Quincy. They're all happy about it. So cute. That was just the regular epilogue. It's almost around the same time frame as the regular epilogue, but Mm -hmm. it's showcasing the nightly calls he has with Riley and that relationship, and just kind of giving us a little window into the next book. Because Riley is going to be the person for Vipers and... Virtuosos. Virtuos. I was like, I was going to butcher that in a second. Right. <laughs> so it's going to be about Riley and a guy named Aiden. So book two is what you just said. Book three oh. is Jonas and Lenny. Book and f- Oaths and Omissions. Okay. Yeah. The next book after that is Alistair and Cora. And Arrows and Apologies. Yeah, and then Cash and Ariana. Souls and Sorrows, okay. And Liars and Liaisons is Violet and Grayson. Okay, so we have to wait till the sixth book for Violet. Interesting. I like the fact that Ariana's getting a book. Yeah. And and Jonas is getting a book! And also, part of the extended epilogue, the Anderson kids are getting books in 2024. We totally glossed over the fact that it is Dr. Callum Anderson. Yeah, I kept forgetting he was doctor. Because he's a doctor. I totally forgot the whole time. (laughs) He's a murdering doctor. Oh. You know. You you do what you know. What are you going to do? Apparently murder. So that was the book. It was honestly, it was such a quick read. I I enjoyed it. It was a quick book. I yeah no I enjoyed it as well. So Amazon gives it a four point one, and Goodreads gives it a three point five. Okay, what'd you give it? A solid four. Me too. I was like tossed up between a three point five and a four. I gave it. Four. I gave it a four. I enjoyed it. That's good. Who's your I had a couple things that. Yeah. You know. I had that, to reread a couple but... things. Like at first, I got super. So it's just because I'm fucking dumb, to be honest. And it was so. I was gonna say I didn't find issues in the writing but no it's just because i'm stupid so (laughs) it was at the end it was right before the epilogue it was like when he went in and saw her and she gave the whatever at Mm -hmm. first i didn't realize that it was still him and i was getting tripped up and i was like wait who the fuck is this about what is happening because it was a different setting and it was a whole different yeah yeah i was a little and they had and it had been quite a bit long part of the book and they hadn't talked about the ives international in a while for a while yeah so i had gotten confused i 
reread it and then was fine and other than that like yeah. it was just fine some stuff was just a little wild to me and i was like okay this shit's going a little weird but okay maybe it would have been less wild if you <laughs> no actually honestly no because even when oh, i read okay. the prequel none of the stuff that was in the prequel is Watch. what i found oh, okay. wild about right. in the book okay wild shit so no okay. i was it was fine it, oh. so yeah solid four who was your favorite character i really enjoyed cal i'm gonna say cal's inner dialogue like his inner okay. persona like I do because his outer persona was a little rough <laughs> it was a little extra but his inner like self yeah no it was like good. sucked me in okay. I loved it I agree how about your least favorite is it the same as mine I mean clearly Carmen was like yeah Got I was gonna it. say yeah. clearly Carmen was like the clear winner Awful. but also Violet sucked ass too Maybe and I'm she'll redeem really, herself in the other book in her book I don't know I'm just really curious about Marceline I just wish I am too she was such a weak character information yeah because she was very clearly important to the story and important to different things but she wasn't fleshed out enough to have much importance I truly thought that meant she was going to get a book or something no apparently not interesting Uh, because the way that she was portrayed in that weird way you know what I mean no exactly how about a cucumber I'm going to give it five there are quite a few scenes it was a and lot in this book. There, yeah, there was quite a, read. yeah, there was quite a few scenes and the blood play throughout the whole book really took it up, you know. I'm going to say it's a five. I was going to go about like a five or a six. There I mean, a, I there's mean, a maybe lot of blood in this. There one, was, I was going to say there was a lot of, yeah, so maybe even, yeah, five or six. Yeah, because it, it was. It was a lot. Was, there was a lot. A bit too too much, honestly, in my taste. But it's also too much in my taste. Some of it's okay, but some of it's okay, but there was an aggressive amount of it. Uh, Yes. Some of it totally okay. This took it to an aggressive level for me. Yes. So, yay. That was good. Mm -hmm. We want to wheel it now? Wheel time. It is wheel of fate. Wheel of fate. Not wheel of crystal because we haven't made that yet. We should start it before each episode so we know what kind of crystal we're going to get. I can do that. I'll make a wheel of crystals. Like that one that I did that I was talking about the other day. Alrighty. You ready? Ooh, all right. Yes. All right. Let's see what we're going to do this time. Are we going to go dark again? Maybe we'll get an alien one or something. Some cool October vibes. So let's give right, October what we vibes to the wheel. Let me just click. Right. Vibe, 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 vibes. Is this our vibes? Who knows? I don't know. You never know what you're going to It get. is not, but it's going to be something Ariel likes. Not at all. This is not October vibes, man. Wheel, you did not listen. Listen. So this is a book that I actually came with because I thought that Ariel needed this vibe. This was the vibe we wanted. It's called Three Swedish Mountain Men by Lily Gold. Are you ready? And the reason that I picked this was because A, Ariel really loves all of this shit with three men and a lady she'll be fine and also we were so disappointed with our mountain men books that we have read that i was like maybe this will be it so who knows maybe we we, we need a redo <laughs> we need a redo so maybe this is it so are you ready i'm ready i'm ready three ripped gorgeous men one secluded swedish mountain cabin it looks like my vacation is about to heat up after my ex-boyfriend makes me the target of a cruel online hate campaign i know i have to get away The last thing I expect on my trip to Sweden is a moose standing in the middle of the road. 
or the mysterious bearded ranger who pulls me from my wrecked car. Now a storm's brewing, and I'm being carried into a secluded mountain cabin by a Nordic god rippling with muscle. Oh, God, yes. Sorry. <laughs> I had like a moment. Uh, inside, I'm greeted by three sizzling hot Swedish mountain men. Riven, the cool, collected doctor with the muscled arms and the impeccable bedside manner. Eli, the flirty ski instructor with the charming smile and dimples I'm dying to kiss. And Cole, the rugged blonde ranger with the ice blue eyes and a hammer to rival Thor. I don't think she's talking about a hammer. Trapped inside the cabin, we only have the roaring fire and each other to keep warm. And things heat up fast. All three men are fiercely protective over me. They look like Vikings, kiss like angels, and best of all, they love sharing me. It feels too good to be true. But I'm not who I say I am. When my mountain men find out my true identity, will they be able to forgive my lies and love the real me? Or will my dark, painful secret shatter our relationship to pieces? Three Swedish Mountain Men is a scorching standalone reverse harem romance filled with love, adventure, and three sinfully gorgeous heroes. No cliffhanger, no cheating, and H-E-A guaranteed. Awesome. Join us next week as we dive into Three Swedish Mountain Men by Lily Gold and get our reverse harem on. Welcome to October. Apparently, we have three men. (laughs) I mean, 